0: We've reached week 33, and we are ending the eighth chapter today, which is 28 verses. And this chapter is called Attaining the Supreme. So, this chapter is going into detail about where do we go when we leave this world. And um, Christian, the beginning of the chapter, is speaking about how whatever our our deepest desire is, is called bhava in Sanskrit. Whatever our deepest emotion and feeling is, that's where we go, because ultimately, that attachment is propelling us to our next situation. So Krishna is saying, if at the end of your life you quit your body, remembering Me alone, you'll attain Me. So He's giving a secret there. If you want to come to the supreme abode, you think of Me. Um, and then He goes on to say that you can you do your prescribed duty, but as you're doing your duty. You think about me. Last week, um, we got into some more technical details about thinking of Krishna, and text fourteen really stood out. So, for who, for one who always remembers me without deviation, I am easy to obtain, O Sanaprita, because of his constant engagement in devotional service. So then he went on to to speak about. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are in this material world. If you're in the heavenly planets, in great opulence, or you're in the hellish planets, it's all suffering. Why? Because no matter how well you live, if you have to die, then it's still suffering. Because if it ends bad, then it's bad. Um, For something to be good, it has to end well, right? Do you all agree? (laughs) Something has to end on a a high note for it to be good.
1: So death is considered to be suffering? Like the physical
0: death? Death is suffering, yeah. Birth and death are suffering. Um, because when, one thing is, of course, there's physical suffering. You see people um, go through not just their physical body but their mental state and everything. Yeah. But even a greater suffering than that is is the attachments that we form. And actually, that's what Krishna was talking about. That's what propels us, is that we haven't completed... Um, our we haven't fulfilled our desires. We haven't completed what we wanted to complete. There's so many yeah. plans. So that propels us. The subtle body then takes the soul to the next situation whereby they can continue.
1: And that's what's holding people back from moving forward.
0: Yeah, because they haven't made their primary desire spiritual. Right. It's still yeah, no, stuck totally in the mundane.
1: Sense. You're gonna be in that in that reality in which you're housing.
0: Yeah. And so this body is worn out, and you can't fulfill your plans and your desires. And so Krishna is so kind; he gives us another situation. Says so here now you can continue in this suitable body, whatever that is. It could be there's eight million four hundred thousand species, so you can, there's so many <laughs> varieties. So yeah, so Krishna is pointing out that no matter where you go in this material world, even the highest place of enjoyment, in the heavenly planets, it's still a place of misery because it's temporary. And repeated birth and death takes place. Okay, so we left off. Krishna says, yet there's another unmanifest nature. which is eternal and is transcendental to this manifested and unmanifested matter. It is supreme and is never annihilated. When all in this world is annihilated, that part remains as it is. So who would like to share first today?
2: you explain the format of what we do here so that our guests
0: are okay, yeah. understanding what we do? Yeah, they have, you all got the worksheets and everything. Yeah, right? you know, I
1: totally completely forgot about the last weeks. I think it was last weeks that you sent me. I got that, but I completely forgot to dive into that.
0: That was the... Mm-hmm.
3: Did
1: you get the right paper? I got the, thir- the 33, the, the one that we're discussing today, or the, I guess, first one.
0: No, no, that's the right one. No, you did it right. You got twenty. text 21 through 28. Do you like printer fill
1: it up, fill it in? No, I don't have it, I don't own a printer.
0: Okay, that's okay.
1: I mean, I'm not trying to get, I don't need to turn
0: it in, right? No, 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 no. No. Oh, okay. no, so the idea is that, I think I mentioned Thursday night is that um, you just found something in your reading that you want to share, basically. Right, right. And then you just share it, you share that, and you share your understanding of it from the reading, and then you give um, an explanation of how you feel you can apply that to your life. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I totally went through all that. Okay, so. cool, wonderful. Thanks. Okay, so do you guys
3: usually take it like verse by verse and that, put it out there?
0: Um, no, just anything from the reading, anything that stood out to you. Oh, yeah. yeah, it can be anything from those. I believe it was like eight verses or something, 21 through 28. So, you want to start? I started
4: last you start. You no, 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 no,
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, let me put this on so it doesn't, so you don't hit that. All right, there you go.
5: So actually I actually have two here, but because I couldn't like decide on one, but I'm just two gonna go
4: with
5: I'm just gonna go with this one then. <laughs> um, so this one I chose text twenty eight from part of the paraport. Um, and it goes like this. One who has little faith in Bhagavad Gita should learn Bhagavad Gita from from a devotee. Because in the beginning of the fourth chapter, it is stated clearly that the Bhagavad Gita can be understood only by a devotee. No one else can perfectly understand the purpose of the Bhagavad Gita. Um, this, this one really stood out to me because, like, in the mood of gratitude. Because, um, you know, a, a lot of, with my Christian background, I would go to the Bible and things like that. And some stuff, like, just did it make sense or I would try to like understand it and then when we actually studied it studied it it wasn't that at all so um having something that clear having that like instruction is pretty much an instruction it's so great and I and I, I was reading it in gratitude because obviously when I came here there was the devotees. I didn't even have to look for them or anything. So I was just like full of gratitude. Like, oh my God, like the first time I ever like heard about the Gita and then here's the devotees. And then everything just came together so beautifully that it was, and it still is. So I was just like full of gratitude. Like I, it took me back to when I came and all that beautiful experience. And just how how far we've come and all. It just took me on a road trip. Um, But yeah, um, that's my understanding of it. Um, And my application is just keep associating with devotees, keep reading, keep attending classes and asking questions and being inquisitive and always stay in a humble mood and and a learning spirit, so
4: yeah. A
0: nice secret for All of you, which you just put it on, is that devotees love to hear questions about Krishna. Yes. So if you want to please the devotee, then ask them something about Krishna. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, I I, you know, that example we use a lot is, is like becoming a heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of envision in your mind you have a bunch of students and they're, they're in medical school and they're trying to learn how to perform surgery. And so they're all like reading the book and they all have different ideas about how to apply what the book's saying. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they all start arguing with each other thinking, no, I think you, it's saying to do this way. And, and no, the other one's saying, no, you should do this way. And so they're getting frustrated. But then when the, when the doctor comes in, the trained professional who's performed many surgeries, then he sets them all straight and says, no, actually it means you do this. Mm-hmm. And so he sets it clear. And and heart surgery is a good is a nice example because spiritual life is, is that important. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a life or death scenario. Like, um, uh, literally, it's so. It's I like that in any field of education or learning. Um, one difference with spirituality compared to mundane learning is that uh, because. Because it is a spiritual exchange, then... Because theoretically, somebody, they could learn how to do heart surgery on their own. They theoretically could. But spiritual life, there's absolutely no way that can ever take place. Because it's a secret, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, it's a secret of all secrets. So <laughs> it's impossible to realize the knowledge without it being given. Uh, through this spiritual process Kind of see the difference there the distinction Yeah, yeah. like material knowledge you could theoretically learn something if you really trial and error But spiritual life is impossible. It's
1: like what I've done is I've attained like the you know my knowledge through every possible person and uh, group of people that I could possibly learn anything from um, taking that in um, just as it is, um, not judging, not excluding, but just taking what resonates with me. And um, then also, on my time, re, re, uh, reviewing that with God, uh, with, uh, with the ultimate being of all things as I talk to myself in the mirror, you know, and then as I do that, certain things in the begin to click, you know, so it's, it's, so when I, um, the information that I've come to and what I've already, came to discover has been through um, not only discussing that or having the discernment, the spiritual discernment, but with all the knowledge of everyone else. Because I couldn't have to attain that without other people, you know? Yeah. Is that kind of a different way of doing it, another way, I guess?
0: Yeah, um, one thing to consider is, is the qualification. Just like the surgeon. If the surgeon is very qualified, then you, you feel you have faith. We're talking about the authors, so you have faith. I can trust this person. This person's going to tell me how to do it. And I know when I execute, I follow his instructions, I'm going to get the good result. So um, it's like that because there's so many people that have so many ideas and opinions and different fields of knowledge, um, but who actually um, knows for certain. Like Krishna says, um, beginning of the seventh chapter, you can know me in full without a doubt. And so the idea is, is that like as we're studying um, Bhagavad Gita and the association of devotees, like Radhasundari was reading, we start to actually discover through the scriptures themselves and then through associating who who is who has genuine knowledge, who is genuine. Because the scriptures they talk about the qualification. Just like you would ascertain a qualification of the, of the doctor. The the scriptures they help us to they reveal the qualification. There's so many different qualities that a saintly person has. And and we don't learn we don't learn from somebody who the primary the first quality is that they have humbly submitted to the spiritual master. So like Raja Sundari was saying, that mood of humility and serving um, a genuine uh, devotee of the Lord. So, so it's easier when we find someone we can trust. Oh yeah, It's like, yeah. It's like, it's like Prabhupada said, <laughs> he says if you want to know who, who your father is, you ask your mother, because your mother knows.
3: True. Sometimes
0: yeah, I don't
1: think that's been my experience <laughs> in, um, in, the, in all the information that I've come through it's not really been somebody that I could say, oh my, you know, I, I get this, I see it, I can mm-hmm. trust this, and I keep going to this person. So that's been my and which is the reason why I ended up here, because I was like, well, if I wanted to learn more on a specific topic, which my interest was within the Bhagavad Gita, what better place to come to than this place? Which People is are why I'm here. practicing Bhagavad Gita,
0: yeah. That's smart, that's intelligent. Okay, who would like just share next? Not everybody leap in the air. <laughs> Can I? I'd like to say that um, I
1: had a difficult time trying to understand the connection with the questions to what I had read, because um, the questions didn't resonate to what I read, um, and that's probably because I might need to um, to gather more knowledge and understanding about this perspective of Krishna and um, and our relationship. Before I could even see how to answer that, because I really didn't see any connection. So with the um, the only one out of that that I could really even put anything towards was about um something about the abode of Christians, Christmas personnel. I don't know yeah, what it was. Or... You didn't know the answer to that one. No, no, no that would be the only one that oh, I would okay. have anything that I because could say that was more
3: them. of like an explicit answer, actually. Like yeah. Based on the literature, but these all these
4: questions to apply
0: to the selection. Well one, once we get to those and that's the beauty of coming together because we're gonna be able to yeah, discuss, discuss, discuss it and get and, 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 and some that's I mean that's the that's what this Sangha is all about. That's what she was just reading it. so we can unveil these things together.
1: Yeah I didn't um that was too that's in the were reading um I didn't see anything in there about yours was about the devotee, right? Like searching for the devotee. Um but I didn't see that when I read
0: well, things see that's the thing is things jump out at you, and again, we're we're, we're like the, the Bhagavad Gita is like a vaidurya gem, so you shine light on different areas of, of that particular gem, and it shines light in different ways. But it has to be seen seen through somebody who can genuinely ascertain what that is clearly, like an expert jeweler. They can see, okay, this is, um, you know, this is a uh, a real diamond. Okay, so I'm looking at it at a very linear perspective right now, um, just because
1: I'm trying, you know, I have to get involved with, like, the transformation of my understanding so I can yeah. start to see it in a different way.
0: It'll take time, and it'll, it'll become quickly revealed in the Association of Devotees, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which
5: verses yeah. did you read? Um, Chapter
1: 8? Yeah, just from the beginning until, like, the end of it. Oh, okay chapter or the selection Maybe no was, just the selection um, does
5: there's a or lot or of information there so that's probably yeah and it. I was thinking well I
1: was thinking to myself yeah. that I probably um and I haven't done this yet but I'm um catching up as you had told me that one time is that I really need to review it's what I'm gonna find in here to help answer that is gonna probably be through everything that I've already read in here yeah you know and that's gonna give me a broader perspective of what I'm reading and so that as I read then I'll, I'll see something because of everything else it's put together and then I'm like, hey, wait a minute, that reminds me of this.
0: Exactly, yeah. so you'll get some understanding now and then as you go and you read through the whole Bhagavad Gita, then, then it'll, it'll, it'll come back to manifest head. even more. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah you're doing yeah. it right. Okay. good, yeah. 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 Uh,
4: would,
0: you, would you like to share?
4: Okay.
2: Right.
6: Thank you. So I chose chapter eight, text 27. One who is firm in yoga is constantly engaged in Krishna consciousness in all his activities. So my understanding of that is that one who is practicing bhakti yoga is doing everything in service to Krishna, has dovetailed all his activities to be devotional service Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And my application is I'll take a good look at my life and try and dovetail all my activities in service to the Lord. I don't think they are all connected to the Lord at the moment. I have some improvements to make. And actually, the next day, I decided... I go to the coffee shop a lot, and I decided to make it a Krishna conscious activity by taking some flyers with me to um, invite some people to a kirtan that uh, we go to twice a week, so I took the flower with me, and I hesitated a little bit, but I saw a lady coming towards me, and I said, well, I would like to invite you to this event. And she said, oh, Kirtan, that's wonderful. That so I'm so good. happy that you give this to me. I've just arrived from Los Angeles. I've literally just arrived right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm so happy to know where there is a Kirtan. Aww, so I, I was really pleased. Oh. <laughs> <Yikes. laughs>
0: What better way to spiritualize it than to spread Krishna's holy names? Really wonderful. Yes, yeah.
6: I was really very encouraged by Krishna by
0: that.
1: I love that. It's like that's that's like being moved. It's like that at that moment. It's like you know what? Okay. Well, I'm gonna set you up with somebody then. It's like I'm that pathway was lit.
0: You know, yeah. to that person. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> it's
6: recalculating. You were you,
0: yeah. you are a bearer of light. Like,
6: <laughs> oh, this person. <laughs> you brought them to the light of
4: Krishna.
0: Very nice. <laughs> Do you, you want to share?
4: i let someone else go.
0: Okay.
4: I guess
2: I'll go. am kind of running out. Most people, right? So, um, I got a few. So I'll just try to touch on them really quick. There's a couple lines that stood out to me. Uh, the first one that stood out is. Yeah, right here A27 it's 827, its ai think it's a verse from the Chandogya Upanishad 510 3 to 5 but it's it's in the purport he uh he you know he cites it in the purport and he says those who are fruitive laborers and philosophical speculators from time immemorial are constantly going and coming actually they do not attain ultimate salvation for they do not surrender to Krishna A couple things um, that stand out. First of all, just so you guys have a better understanding. Fruit of laborers are anyone who's involved with with karma. It's kind of, you know, it's all about, you know, I do this, I get that, you know, and that's kind of the transaction deal that they have going on with God. Um, Fruit of laborers, uh, philosophical speculators, that's who I was kind of touching on, people who would just kind of you know, concoct something. You might read something and think, well, maybe it's this way. Well, I think we've spoken about it the last couple times that it's not something that we really do here. In fact, speculation is like, we call it the S word around here, so we don't do too much of it. Um, Because essentially we recognize, again, that we have this frog in the well syndrome. So for us to speculate as opposed to just citing something from the scriptures that, that we feel is... 100% 100% absolute. So so these two kinds of people here, fruitive laborers and philosophical, philosophical speculators, are constantly coming and going. In other words, they're stuck in this cycle of repeated birth and death. Why? Because they're trying to speculate their way to Krishna. And a lot of times the reason that's the case is because false ego won't allow them to surrender. It's false ego gets in the way. I think I'm someone special, you know, I think I, I would like to be distinct, to have a little bit of adoration, to have a little bit of profit, to have a little bit of, uh, what's the other one uh, that we always talk about? Fame. Fame. So, so therefore, our opinion matters to us so much so that we would compromise in, in, in this regard. Um, so, so again, yeah, they're stuck in this cycle where Krishna is just saying that, you know what, if someone just comes to me humbly, and surrenders then and i reveal all things so it's actually really beautiful when he says that so you know my application is just to understand that i have imperfect senses and i do not know everything krishna knows everything you know and i should you know these are his words so ultimately what we're reading here um, the, the Vedic scriptures come directly from the mouthpiece of God. So if I ha- I have full faith that that is the case I will take refuge in his words as opposed to me just trying to come up with something and give someone advice based on what I feel is correct. I'd rather just take you to a script to the scriptures and say this is what Krishna says. Um, so that's how I, how I want to apply that. And there's one more that I'd like to touch if that's okay. Um, okay. Great, this is really nice too. It says by advance, this is um, the 28th purport. So it's the last purport. It's like the last paragraph in the purport. It says by advancement in the association of the devotee, one is placed in devotional service. And this service dispels all one's misgivings about Krishna or God and Krishna's activities, form, pastimes, name, and other features. After these misgivings have been perfectly cleared away, one becomes fixed in one's study. Then one relishes the study of Bhagavad Gita and attains the state of feeling always Krishna conscious. In the advanced stage, one falls completely in love with Krishna. The highest perfectional stage of life enables the devotee to be transferred to Krishna's abode in the spiritual sky, of Vrindavan, where the devotee becomes eternally happy. What I like about this is that there's like this forward progression. Krishna is explaining that, you know, first of all, the association of devotees is key. And anything that we do in life, association is absolutely key. You know, if you want to be an athlete, you have to surround yourself with people who want to excel in whatever that sport may be, um, in in any field. So association with devotees is absolutely key. Atul made the point that, um, the devotees have the ability to reveal this knowledge to you. Um, it's, I think we mentioned this last week or Thursday night where the scriptures are basically encrypted in, in, in a way, you know. And it's not until we can actually come to someone who actually can reveal this knowledge to us that we can begin to understand. So that's kind of touching on the importance of devotee association. Then one's placed in devotional service. Uh, And devotional service can be performed by dovetailing any of our prescribed duties. So what that means is essentially if you are a banker (laughs) and you're thinking, how can I spiritualize my job every day? Well, if you offer that to Krishna with love and devotion, you have now spiritualized the very thing that you've always done. So now it's completely Krishna conscious. You've dedicated that to Krishna. So, that is actually devotional service from that point forward. Um, and then from, from that association, then a lot of the uh, misgivings. Well, I, you know, another word for misgivings for me would be just like misconceptions or confusions about God or ideas that we may have about God that have come by way of speculation or hearing some other source of knowledge that might not have been as sound as we as we may like so again all these things are starting to be cleared away also the mantra is getting rid of that the mantra is really powerful in doing that too and then one becomes fixed one actually begins to enjoy studying the bhagavad-gita because you can understand it right when you understand it then you can enjoy it if you can if you can't understand it you can't enjoy it so I love this because he explains the whole entire process. Then when you understand it, eventually you begin to fall in love with Krishna. Because you start realizing that Krishna has, has done so much for us. Like he's, he's set this whole thing up. And, and his, his, his primary desire is for us to come back to him. Um, and, and then once we can see that, once we can experience that firsthand, then we fall in love. And it's, through, it's this process of Krishna consciousness where we can actually connect with Krishna and develop that that love for Krishna. And that's considered the highest perfectional stage. It's s- simply falling in love with Krishna. It has nothing to do with advanced uh, studies in the Vedas or whatever the case may be. It's literally falling in love. If you can fall in love with Krishna genuinely, then you have reached the perfection of life. And then from that point forward... We are, we are, actually, there's a line here. I'm sorry, I'm taking forever. But this line says, the supreme abode, this is in Purport 27, the supreme abode is guaranteed, guaranteed by devotional service. So it's, so once you fall in love with Krishna, then, you know, then you've attained Krishna. And there's, and, you know, you can take that to the bank. Because that's coming from, from Prabhupada's mouth. So... Um, yeah and then you can and then you go back home back to godhead so and that and then as the fairy tale stories go you can actually live happily ever after All right <laughs> <laughs> How <are> you going?
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that was really cool Jack. Yeah. I, I have a question um about the karma I was thinking that uh, when I read it earlier Oh shit So what I thought of is um, how, what I learned here, I think it was when I was last here, is, um, that the, the goal is not to have karma, um, and I thought, okay, so how does, how is karma created? Because, um, I thought to myself, well, anything that we do, even if we don't have the intention to create anything, can create this fruit, you know, this Mm -hmm. fruitive life for others, you know, because everything that we do, everything that we say, um, is has an effect on everything. So how is it then that even without intention to do so, um, saying, "Oh, I'm doing this because I want to see this happen, or because I want this as the result," you know, how can a person exist without having any creating karma if their intent is not to create karma? They're just simply doing their daily things and maybe just talking to somebody.
0: So. Um, one thing is, is you have to, if you think about it like a plant, we're always watering the plant of our material existence. And so this means that whatever we do, we are, we are talking about how we reach a per- certain phase where we have to die. But because during life we have watered our material desires, then we carry those desires to our next body. So think about it like a, cultivating a plant. So, the whole idea about like bhakti yoga is that we already have the seed or we have the potential for devotion to take place because that's who we are. As souls, we are devoted, we are loving servants of Krishna, of God. And so, when, when that becomes um, um, what's the word when? Germinated. Yeah. Like when the seed becomes um, germinated through this spark of love of God begins to well up in our heart, then everything we do starts to become watering the seed of devotional service. And and, and everything we do starts to become an offering, a loving offering to Krishna. Govinda um, Mahdi gave the example of the bank, someone's banker. And then I liked how he actually ended with saying, you can take that to the bank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the idea is, is that like the, the, the material bank account so karma can be considered like you have a full bank account, and then sometimes you have an empty. So bank karma account. is material. Yeah. Okay, that's what I didn't understand. I because I was so,
1: like, well, if if you talk to somebody and you, and what you do resonates with them and it opens them up and then it changes their life, you're creating a fruitive um, result, and that's not something that is intentional; it just happened, and so that's not karma.
0: Well, no. well it's interesting because okay. the third chapter of Bhagavad Gita, um, actually make the, that's the fifth chapter. It's called Karma Yoga karma yoga action and krishna consciousness so there's mundane karma which means mundane activity and then there's divine karma so karma literally means action so the difference is when we're engaging in devotional service or divine karma the reaction is just one of developing our spiritual life developing that love for krishna so there is reaction but the reaction is is divine
1: okay cool because that was totally that was like how does anyone get off this Reality, you know. No, that's a good yeah, I was like, okay. it's, it's, yeah, it, it's good. not
0: inaction. Inaction. Some some yogis, some spirituals think in inaction. Okay. Yeah, just so I know where
1: where I've been living in my being, so I know yeah, I'm okay with what I where I'm going, what I'm doing. Yeah. So, so,
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: So, so like the Buddhist point was inaction, because right. he didn't want to be raking in any karma right. of any sort, and so he advised if people aren't going to be taking up the study of the Vedas or accepting a spiritual master of any sort then um, you shouldn't be doing anything at all. Just like reserve yourself into caves around trees and meditate, um, refuse food, and take the middle path. Yeah, that was kind of my day. picture. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> and, like my and that's where people got confused about that, is like he had a whole sect devoted to him but by Vishnu's by, by, you know, uh, incarnation's grace they are still Saved, but they just didn't want to rake any karma of any sort, like a karma, the karma, or just regular, his, karma. regular karma. Yeah, that's good. Yes, Thanks
0: sir. for declaring that. Buddha was helping or... with detachment, he was actually um, setting the stage for devotional service to take place. So yeah, that's because attachment is, is, is helpful because when we detach, then we can accept something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he was actually doing a great service to humanity because Absolutely. humanity was so in, at, attached to sense gratification, mm-hmm. as, as it is now, but he helped a particular class of people make spiritual advancement. Where where they can, stick. Yeah. yeah, and now they can be more primed to accept emotional service. Right, right. So it's all moving in that right direction. But ultimately, that loving exchange, it does involve activity. It's not just inactive. It involves personality involves loving surrender, the whole thing. So, yeah. sweet.
3: Do, do you want to share? Sure. Okay. Um, one of the sections I touched on was kind of how I thought about the application section of this, but I'll can, uh, include more of that about how he gives actual instructions of uh, in in the in the last twenty eighth. Twentieth verse, um, a verse, a a person who accepts the path of devotional service is not bereft of the results deriving from the study of the Vedas, performing austere sacrifices, giving charity, and pursuing philosophical and fruitive activities. Is he um? Was he saying that um? Devotees get that stuff like automatically, Mm and they get the like the fruit.
2: Yeah,
3: and and so I thought. If uh, this is how you apply it, then um, some of the steps included in the purport will be to take a spiritual master, chant Hare Krishna, study the Vedas, and uh, beg for alms in the students' life. And because I'm a part of the uh, student category, not yet a householder, they have their own instructions and in retirees, um, but I should be begging for alms.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you so, first. So i first. Clear that. I, I, I want to make a yeah. comment on it because. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's good. The idea is, the idea is, is that Brahmacharya or student life. Well, first of all, I mean, what Prabhupada is clarifying I like. is that devotional service is actually above the varnas and ashrams. The varnas and ashrams are created by Krishna, they're social orders and spiritual orders of life. That, that, that people are in as they progress in their life ultimately to attain higher states of consciousness liberation. So the idea is, is that brahma like the, the the ashrams and the varnas are there to assist us in our devotional service. Mm-hmm. But they're not dependent on devotional service. They're not um, devotional service isn't dependent on them. So the idea about brahmacharya life on um, the application of that is that we learn from the spiritual master, and we perform um, humble service to the spiritual master, and that can take different different forms. But um, Guru Dakshin is a a part of that, which means giving alms to the Guru, um, and the Guru uses it in the service of the Lord. Uses it to perform sacrifice to please the Lord, which, depending on the time, place, and circumstance, can mean um, doing like a fire yagya, where you offer grains and prayers and things. Um, but in Kali Yuga it means Sankirtan Yogi. So we actually are doing the same thing, but it's how it's applied. Um, So the devotional service aspect of it means that these same principles generally apply, but not all the time, depending on the circumstance. Uh, So Prabhupada would engage uh, his disciples in so many different texts, but one of the um, overarching themes of the way that they were engaged was that they were performing service, humble service to Srila Prabhupada to help Srila Prabhupada uh, perform the Sankirtan japa. So the same, it was the same principle, basically. So you're right in that sense. But I think the main point that they wanted me cl- to clarify is that Bhakti Yoga isn't dependent on the Varnashram system. Yet Prabhupada saw the essential necessity for the Varnashram system because Krishna created it and actually helps us. To perform devotional service as an environment that's conducive for devotional service. So Prabhupada didn't state the four varnas and ashrams. But the point is it's applied in, in in modern ways too. Like some people, many people now, most devotees of this kind work a job. And and they give some of their income to help support the Sacred Time movement, to help the spiritual master, to help full time you know, monks or devotees who are full time engaged in propagating the Yubhidharma the Sankir time. Um so it's the same principle. So in that sense you are you're correct. So it's it's good. <laughs> but how it's applied is, is is very personal. Yeah. Yeah. So Would you like to share?
4: Uh, what uh what te- What um, verse I chose was text Twenty three it says, "O oh, best of the Bharatas, I shall now explain to you the different times at which, passing away from this world, one does or does not come back." Mm-hmm. And so, I, I went to the nectar of devotion, and there's this really beautiful um, um, cited verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam that they put in here that I really I feel like it connects connects with the verse. So it says. This is 3rd uh, Canto, twenty nine Chapter, 10th verse. Srila Kapila Dev is instructing his mother and giving the following characteristics of pure devotional service. It says, My dear mother, those who are my pure devotees, who have no desire for material benefit or philosophical speculation, have their minds so much engaged in my service that they are. But they are never interested in asking me for anything except to be engaged in that service. They do not even beg to live in my abode with me. So I went on to say this, I think this is basically, this is the mood of a devotee, of a, a pure devotee. And I, I use a character, I use exemplary devotee as well. They just simply want to serve the Lord and they don't desire for any, uh, liberation, or any form of sense gratification. Uh, they simply trust Krishna. And then in the purport says, they leave everything in Krishna's hands and so easily and happily return to Godhead. Mm-hmm. And like Govinda this is the perfection of life. When we put Krishna at the center and we develop that love. And so, and it describes also in this that it's a rarity, it's a rarity to even to reach that elevated platform of existence and it's only could be received by the mercy of a pure devotee or the spiritual master and then it has another cited quote in the uh, nectar of devotion that I really thought connected to this and it's stated by it's stated by Prahlad Maharaj and um he speaks of okay. It's also confirmed by Prahlad Maharaj that merely by personal efforts or by the instructions of higher authorities one cannot attain to the stage of devotional of higher that One cannot attain to the stage of devotional service. One must become blessed by the dust of the lotus feet of a pure devotee who is completely freed from the contamination of material desires. And so I thought Like how you're describing with the analogy of like, the students um, in the heart sur, uh, performing the heart surgery, and they have to they have to, um, be instructed by the doctor, which is he's qualified. So it kind of really I think that is definitely applies to this as well. And so I said it's so it's necessary in one's spiritual life. We need to come in contact with the pure devotee. And this gives an ex- the exemplary fact of um, the exemplary position of a pure devotee to see, because by coming in contact with the pure devotee, we can see, and we can experience the potent potency of Krishna's love, and so, and and then we ourselves can, can be qualified to even perform the heart surgery, to be able to reach people and have the same effect on others. So, my application would be I put to always remember and to value and um, the value the purpose uh, of of what it means to really perform devotional service and to always kind of refresh my mind and the reason why I'm here and why I'm why I'm doing this so I think that's what so beautiful about you know because we're constantly every single day we're performing sadhana which strengthens us it kind of you know it fills our mind with krishna so and i and i keep on thinking about the damarastaka prayer where he's saying this and i i kind of pulled it up just to just to tie into this because it's really beautiful it's really beautiful he's like um he's like oh lord although you're it kind of, it explains this this whole chapter, how it's explaining. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh Lord, although you're able to give all kinds of benediction, I do not pray for you for liberation nor eternal life in Vaikuntha, nor any other boon. My only prayer is that your childhood pastimes may constantly appear in my mind. Oh Lord, I do not even want to know your future of Paramatma. I simply wish that your childhood pastimes may ever be enacted in my heart. And I thought that was, that was really beautiful. I think that. That's the powerful aspect of the pastime, Krishna performing pastimes, because we can relish them, you know, and we can connect with him in that way, and we can, you know, deepen our relationship with Krishna by knowing him in that way. And um, so that's that's pretty much all. Like, I had this experience this morning, too, where um, I was just chanting, and... Um, it was the most, I think it was probably the one of the most beautiful chanting experiences I've had. Because I've been going in the temple and I've just been, I'm not going to sleep anymore. Like after long and I've just been sitting there and chanting as much as I can until Guru Puj, And I, I was sitting there, I was going around the Tulsi tree just like thinking of just playing with Krishna, running around with him. And it was so, it's like I got it's like Krishna allowed me to experience him so directly and it felt so real. It is real, it is real, you know? And I was just thinking, I was looking at the walls. I was looking at the walls and just, it's like beyond like the gross material aspect of that wall and there's just so much like beyond that. Like I was just seeing like Krishna and Prabhupada and like Rotetani dancing in the walls. Like they're just dancing in there. I'm looking, I'm thinking, like, oh my God, this is like, it was the most, <laughs> it was the mm-hmm. most like, crazy blissful experience of my life. I'm thinking, I'm like, dude, everything that we can see, we can just see. Is like constantly reenacting my heart. Like you could see it. You could see it. Just seeing something that's just completely gross and material. You can, like, by being your mind being fully absorbed in Krishna, you can just see it in a completely different way. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's I all I got. Yeah.
0: I think both you and uh, Radha you both are getting real realization of of what's being said here. Mm-hmm. These things are actually factual, mm-hmm. and I mean it has to be revealed. And Krishna is mm-hmm. gifting you. He's reciprocating with your efforts because you're, you're giving your life in His service. And so Krishna is pleased with your efforts. And that's, that's what wins Krishna over. You know, when, you, when He sees you're really serious, then he, He's serious too. So he'll, mm-hmm. he'll respond to you. And He is. So, yeah, it, it is real. And, and others can't understand. It's very, you know, confidential. Um but it is real. And you know what we what we experience with our five senses is very superficial compared to, to the eternal spiritual reality that Krishna is manifesting every moment. So he can allow us to enter into that. So
4: yeah. I just,
2: like I just want to say something really quick um to to kind of piggyback what you were saying. Um you know, because we keep emphasizing how like we we, we go to the to the pure devotee or the spiritual master to, to get knowledge, right? And, and it's through their mercy that we're able to get this knowledge. What's, what's really interesting is in the scriptures, if I'm not mistaken, I was trying to look for it in the Veda base. I can't find it right now. But there's a verse that states, it's either a verse or a purport, that says that those who actually serve my devotees actually please me the most. So I don't know about you guys, but growing up, I always had this idea that it was actually greater that I would have a direct connection with God. I used to always think there's nothing greater than me being able to go to God directly and have this relationship directly with God. And I thought that's what pleases God the most. At least that's what I used to think. I don't know if anyone else felt that way. But I realized that there was a, there was a common denominator in every scripture that I read that any disciple that was sincere and wanting to have to make any kind of spiritual advancement, they would always go to a spiritual master. Jesus said, I'm the only way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But the word "erkatai" is actually in the extreme present tense. It's the extreme present tense of the verb, which means that he's speaking to his disciples and he's telling them, I am the spiritual preceptor. If you wanna if you wanna know about God, if you wanna get to God, you gotta come through me. So he's making the very same point that we're making here about if we wanna attain this knowledge, if we go to the spiritual master, or it's by the mercy of the pure devotee. Jesus Christ was a pure devotee, and he was able to, um, to reveal this knowledge. And I thought that was really beautiful. So Krishna, he 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 tells us. He says, "If you want to please me, serve my devotee, because it actually pleases me more." So we've been given that insight, and I think that's just absolutely beautiful.
5: Even, even like in a mundane sense, because I'm a nanny, so I work with kids a lot. And you know, when let's say when I say something beautiful about the kids to their mom, she's so much like so pleased with me because I'm talking about her children and I'm serving her children. So even in a you know, in a regular mundane sense, you can see how that can be the case yeah. with parents and children.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Now remember that word by Jesus, where he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. So he's, he's making it imminent. Like, that's, mm-hmm. So that, that's what a devotee can do. They can bring this the spiritual realm to our doorstep. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Do <laughs> mm-hmm. you want me to share? Huh? You ready to share yours? Well, no, it's
1: just uh, I'm just reflecting on this because cause that was one of the things about my teachings or you know, my learning from Christian from Christianity was these things that I had heard. And I'd questioned them for years and thought about them, and and so like we all have our perception that connects us even deeper with our relate in our relationship with God. And in mine I, I thought to myself, I was like, okay, so um you know when he said that I am the way, the truth, and you know it doesn't come through the father, but through me. I thought about it on a on a on a very different level. Um, a lot of the things that I've been trying. Uh, Thinking of how I have used a very different dimensional way of thinking because that's one thing that I realized is that a lot of um, teachings in like the Christian religion are very linear and we have to go deeper in order to see the messages or in order to understand it more because all the information that had been written or, or shared within the Bible has been gone from a higher source which is a, tr- a form of channeling and it comes from a different dimension not in our this dimension otherwise we'd just be talking to each other and, and thinking that's how it is. So I thought to myself, okay. So when he's pointing at, or when he's saying that I am the way, the truth, and the life, does that I mean him specifically, or does that mean that it, um, as he says, that I am. So the only way that I can get to the Father is is through within me, you know, pointing it within, or like you said, you know, how they there's that that phrase, um, the kingdom is at hand, meaning, and I and I kind of thought about that too. was like, well, what does that really mean? So the kingdom at hand, meaning it's right now. It's right here, but no one can see it because they're not diving within. And that's where the Father resides. That's where God resides is within. I mean, that's just how I interpret it and how I see it. So I can now see that how we have a lot of different ways of seeing things and connecting with God that um, it just kind of throws me out there for like a loop. And I don't want to get confused about how I'm understanding now this because yeah. I'll, I'll, like, for the past two years, that's all I've been doing. Um, like you said, when I told you I was away from people, I, I stayed away from people, I just wasn't matching with them anymore. So I just dove into this to find more about me, knowing that the only way I'm going to help change the world is by changing me. And so in all this, um, I've come to understand different ways of, of, of taking in knowledge instead of just the linear interpretation. So it might be a little out there... For some people, in the way that I understand these things, the way I've come to understand, but it doesn't mean that what I understand is actually, yeah, it's just how
0: I feel about it. So I'm kind of lost. What I'm saying now about this, I, makes I sense. I'm kind of lost when it. you when you read Bhagavad Gita, it'll become clear. Yeah. When you read through the Gita, because actually in the fourth chapter, because so see the thing is, is because this knowledge has to be revealed. Like you were you were also pointing out, it has to be revealed. Otherwise, we're relying on our, our tiny. Um, experience, our very tiny experience with our mind and senses, which can only grasp so much. He gave the frog and the wild analogy so much. So it has to be revealed Mm -hmm. and so God has a process and so one thing that one revelation or realization you'll have as you're in Krishna consciousness is that God is this source of everything intelligent and he has an intelligent process. He has a way by which we can attain him. That's what he's describing in Bhagavad Gita. And so that way is through his devotee. That, that way to, to, to reach him is through his representative. And so he says that very clearly in the, in the fourth chapter, when you read, he'll say, if you want to learn the truth, you approach my devotee. And you, you inquire, you humbly inquire, you submit your inquiry, being ready to receive it. Because <laughs> oftentimes like in this, we inquire, but we are holding on to, to our conceptions. So it's humble, humble inquiry means you inquire and you're ready to accept what the spiritual master says, and then you render service. And that mood of, of humble inquiry and service opens up the heart of the spiritual master to want to impart to us the, the divine knowledge, Divya Gyan, divine knowledge. That's a, a spiritual transmission. So you're, you're thinking along the right track, but as you read Bhagavad Gita, it'll become like crystal clear. It'll just...
4: We were speaking yeah. about like um, you know like you are speaking about the linear understanding and going deeper and beyond that into a different dimension dimension, and we can access that dimension through you know uh, Krishna you know through the devotee revealing that information that knowledge to us, and I always think of it like a as a um, yeah and we can go reach a point where we can go beyond our senses, and. Uh, but I was thinking of the ocean, like you know. I think Ananta actually Ananta gave that analogy in the book when he was doing a Bhagavad Gita class, where he speaks about the ocean, and like we're at this like, with our just like, material consciousness, we're at like the just the surface level, but when we start getting deeper into the ocean, there's so there's such a vast um, body of knowledge we just don't know, and then we get deeper and we have more, and like we're, we become. I don't yeah no it's, a good, kind of it's a good it's a good
0: point because uh, divine knowledge mm-hmm. is is eternal and it's always increasing mm-hmm. so there's no limited realization we get but it's all based on that eternal mm-hmm. transcendental truth that's given to us by guru and that the lord is revealing to us mm-hmm. so he said like the s word of like speculation mm-hmm. it's like that that's thrown out that realization and speculation they're completely different speculation is on the mental level and realization is on the heart level. That's like the epiphany, right? That's the epiphany, and it's in line with the knowledge that we receive right, yeah. from Guru and Sastra. Okay. So it's in line. So I think we have to accelerate because we're...
2: You have to, you have to share
1: your Yeah, I
0: have to share. And mm-hmm. did you want to share something real quick? Would you, would you read? Or oh, no. Yeah. Um, so it
1: was just about that. Um, I don't even remember the question anymore. It was something about the abode of...
2: Oh yeah, the first <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the
4: first question is, <laughs>
5: describe some cor- is cor- is
4: characteristic
2: characteristics, characteristics
5: of the Supreme abode of the Personality of Godhead Krishna. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, um, that one is... Oh, yeah. go for it.
3: It's Jesse, uh, not mm-hmm. Jesse.
1: Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, the, I was trying to think, It was like, okay, so I know that I have to, um, that I'm, I'm going to have to learn more of, the, of his characteristics throughout all the, the demigods and whatnot, but right off the top of my, my head from what I have gathered and from my own personal experiences just with life is that, you know, it, it's, it's like bliss. It's about bliss and it's about the centering. And so it's like, um, and so I came across this. Just listening to something, and I was like, "Wait a minute," um, and then thinking about our being and the anatomy. And when you dive into the the cells of our being, where you get to the atom and the nu- nucleus or whatever it is, you know, in the middle of that, what is there? And then in the middle of that, what is there? And so um, that's where I realized I was like, "Well, in in the stillness of all that is nothing. I am there. It's like the essence of that. And so what I can see is like basically it's just about being." I don't know how to interpret it, but that you know what I mean in the, in the stillness of, of science, or uh, what is it in the in, in the stillness of all that is nothing in the very center of the being of all things, there I am, and so that's how I saw like the house or the home of God or whatever that question mm-hmm. is really trying mm-hmm. to say. Yeah.
0: So. And it's like oil and water. So when when we cool off the material fever, you like probably would say it was like a fever, and then the Lord. Um, is, is apt to manifest himself. So the idea is is that the, we're clouded by our, by our material desires. And so that stillness is when the mind reaches a state of, of pure goodness. Actually, that's what the goal of yoga is, is to uh, take the mind, control the mind, and fix it on something sublime. So that stillness is the stillness of the material energy because we have overcome that to focus on that yoga. Yoga means that connection with the divine. So that's actually what the chanting process is. That's what that leads to. Yoga. So. Does that mean something like yoke? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It means to connect. To okay. Connect. Yeah. Yoke means to connect.
5: Absolutely. That's a great catch. Most people,
0: catch yeah, catch. Yeah. <laughs> Most people oh, don't know yeah. that. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Most people don't
1: know that. Yeah.
2: but only when he you know, said something about the connection. I like, yeah. In fact, yeah. Religion and, and, and yoga are synonymous. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read mine real quick, and then we're going to go through the question and answer. And we'll just do... A short, let's do one, two, three, Mm -hmm. and we can just go through a particular point for each because we're running out of time. Okay, so this is from 828, the same one. (laughs) When one searches for a devotee and fortunately gets a devotee's association, one actually begins to study and understand Bhagavad Gita. By advancement in the association of the devotee, one is placed in devotional service, and this service dispels all one's misgivings about Krishna or God and Krishna's activities, form, pastimes, name, and other features. After these misgivings have been perfectly cleared away, one becomes fixed in one's study, then one relishes the study of Bhagavad Gita and attains the state of feeling always Krishna conscious. In the advanced stage, one in this advanced stage one falls completely in love with Krishna. The highest perfectional stage of life enables the devotee to be transferred to Krishna's abode in the spiritual sky, Goloka, Vrindavan, where the devotee becomes eternally happy. So understanding. Bhak or devotion is only available from one who possesses Bhak, that is a Bhakta or devotee. One can give only what one has to give. If one possesses great academic learning, he or she can transmit that education to others. However, even the very best material qualifications do not translate into one necessarily having even an ounce of Bhakti. In fact, Queen Kunti says that material assets such as wealth, education, high parentage, and bodily beauty are generally disqualifications for the devotional service because one places too much faith in such mundane accomplishments. Bhakti is completely independent of material assets. Bhakti is gifted by the devotees of the Lord, and that is the only way to ultimately attain the pure treasure of love of God. Everything is granted by the devotees of the Lord, who carry the Supreme Personality of Godhead within the cores of their hearts. Through spiritual transmission, merciful devotees of the Lord avail themselves to sincere seekers, embedding in their hearts the seed of bhakti, loving devotion to Krishna. The Supreme Lord who surrenders to the will of his pure devotees chooses to reveal himself only to those who humbly approach such a confidential servitor, the possessor of the highest truth. Lack of anything is only due to lack of God consciousness. The attainment of everything is only due to the acquisition of Krishna consciousness. Full satisfaction of the heart is the eternal wealth we seek and it is fully available through loving devotional service. There is no other solution for suffering humanity. The science of attaining the best of the best is to simply become a devotee of Krishna. So then the application is I found this one verse from Srima Bhagavatam. And it says, Sangam, Mahantas Te Prashanta, One can attain the path of liberation from material bondage only by rendering service to the highly advanced spiritual personalities. These personalities are impersonalists and devotees. Whether one wants to merge into the Lord's existence or wants to associate with the Personality of Godhead, one should render service to the Mahatmas. For those who are not interested in such activities, who associate with people fond of women and sex, the path to hell is wide open. The Mahatmas are equipoise. They do not see any difference between one living entity and another. They are very peaceful and are fully engaged in devotional service. They are devoid of anger and they work for the benefit of everyone. They do not behave in any abominable way. Such people are known as Mahatmas. So this is one verse. Remember, I was, I was speaking about how the Vedas, they have just unlimited so many verses that describe the character of a devotee. And so in that way, through that study, we can come to learn who we should render service to. We should render service to all the devotees. Anybody who's practicing devotional service, we should inquire and serve. Um, but somebody who we uh, dedicate um, our life in the service of. We all dedicate our life in the service of Srila Prabhupada. Uh, who, who dedicated everything to Krishna and then his disciples are following in his footsteps and the, most of us are disciples of like Jivananda Prabhu who is disciples of Srila Prabhupada so the idea is like these things become clear and we um, can then feel confident to serve the devotees yeah that
1: makes sense yeah yeah
0: yeah because we want to know the qualification like who am I learning from you know what I mean?
2: yeah no exactly that's <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I you know just to wrap up, when I mentioned that line about Jesus earlier the point that I was trying to make is that Jesus represents Guru because Jesus is Guru mm-hmm. so you know a lot of times people think that Jesus is God but Jesus always spoke of the Father in, in a distinct way he would say things like you know he would make a distinction between him himself and, and, and the Father clear distinctions throughout the scriptures but what's interesting is that yeah he represents the spiritual master the pure devotee so all I was the reason for saying that was I was just correlating what I know to be true now because I have this knowledge of the Vedas with what I what I had studied many years ago. So now it all ties together, it all makes sense. You know, Jesus is saying, I'm the spiritual preceptor. Like I, you know, I can give you this knowledge. It was many, many so-called religious people in those times, many so-called, you know, learners of the scripture, you know teachers of the scriptures, but none of them could impart that knowledge because they didn't have the characteristics that, that, that Atul Govinda is speaking of. Jesus Christ was pure devotee, so he can impart that knowledge, whereas you have all these people in positions of, of, of power to do so, but they weren't
0: qualified. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much mundane. The yeah. Right. All right, so we'll go through these real quick. Um, so each of, one of you can just give an answer. So describe some characteristics of the supreme abode of the Personality of Godhead, Krishna.
2: It's eternal. There's,
5: <laughs> there's full, it, it's full of palaces made of touchstones. There, yeah. there are also
4: trees. Go for it, go for it. Supply they come yes. from what kind of
2: cows? <laughs> <laughs> Surahavika.
5: Yeah. You know, the
2: Brahma Samhita is, goes deep in, in the details. That's actually worth looking into. That's yeah. really cool.
5: There's trees, desire trees.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can get anything from those trees. All you have to do is just think about it, right? Or something like that. Yeah.
4: Yep. Okay. Very nice. <laughs>
2: beautiful.
0: There's also rivers of nectar oh, yeah. to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> that that was it. <laughs> it's self effulgent. There we go. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it's never annihilated. No. What does that mean on touchstone? Tintomini, um basically when you touch like iron to it, it turns into gold.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you use, like alchemy stone? Yeah. 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 Um,
1: that's and I, I thought about stuff like that. And like for instance that would be us going from the dense material realm into the spiritual Realm that's the alchemy right. of our changes from within. That's
0: true. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: we soul. take on our original identity,
2: soul versus
0: gross. and probably that's actually good. use that word unalloyed. Unalloyed metal, like unalloyed, means purity. It means taking out those because if you put certain metals together, it makes a different type of metal. Yeah. So unalloyed means like pure gold. He related the soul to be completely pure, like gold. So mm-hmm. it's an unalloyed devotional service. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, so. Texts 24 to 26 talk about desirable times to pass away from this world. Does a devotee need to be concerned about this? No. uh,
6: No.
0: Okay, good. So let's have some uh, references to that. chant and be happy. He
6: leaves everything in Krishna's hands.
0: Yes, that's correct. To be firmly established in the consciousness of Krishna. Mm -hmm. Right. Krishna takes control.
6: And also his passage to the Supreme Court is guaranteed by devotional service. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: very good. One of the things I've been um, applying to my life lately is follow your bliss. Because it's, it's very simple. As long Because I, I do a lot of feeling based off of everything is my feeling. Um, it's kind of like that intuitive thing and it's really helped me out a lot. So when I started realizing, okay, this idea of following your bliss what makes you happy how you know how do you know that's um genuine you know but mm-hmm. i i don't really chase i not, i shouldn't say i don't really i don't chase after material things it's not like a desire of mine um so because i'm going into the spiritual like development um you have to focus on you know your connection and that, ener- that subtle energy that, that's there that connects you with that and so that is going to be what what genuinely truly deeply makes you happy you know what's that blissful form and is that you know you're using your um your discernment you know your spiritual discernment to realize to like filter out is this spirit or is this just my own personal desire you know and so i've been using that folly bliss thing to guide me and i couldn't see that bliss would come from anything else other than you know than the divine mind than god and
0: the bliss of the soul is when we please Guru and Krishna. And so the process of sadhana bhakti, like I was introducing to you the chani, is, is to awaken that uh, original bliss of the soul. So the idea is, is that unfortunately, like it, the principle works when we're in the when we're connected in the in the spiritual parampara system, we're linked in with Guru and Krishna in service. But following our bliss um, when we are in the material world, like like normally we are. Like we're all in the material world and we're all trying to be happy. That's as natural. But when we do that, the problem is, as uh, we have fool's gold. So the, the so called bliss that we're we're following is actually just the titillation of the mind and the senses, which actually leads to to more entanglement and suffering. So the idea is is that just like um we were talking about athletes on Thursday when they want to experience, um, uh, they want to experience becoming at the, the height of their game, like the epitome of their athletic experience, they, they take sacrifices. So they control what they eat. They, they exercise. They all these things, which can be difficult, but ultimately they lead to having that higher experience. So the idea in spiritual life is that even if we don't feel like it, every day as, as, as yogis, as sadhana bhaktas, we chant. We, we do that because it's it's, it's it's like that medicine. It's like that bitter medicine. You know, like you have like dark greens. It's like, it's gross. Like, I, wish, I always want some, you know, ice cream or chocolate or I don't want these dark, bitter <laughs> greens. So, the idea is, is that we, well, we have that knowledge that because that Divya Gyan, that knowledge has been placed in our heart by the spiritual master with right. the devotees. We know what's good for us. So, even if right at that moment we haven't experienced that bliss, we know through following that prescription. That bliss is going to awaken in our heart.
1: Yeah, I guess that's yeah. kind of where I'm talking about following the blisses because that's one thing that um, we're all, the way I believe it is that we're all written with the rules on our heart. We all know, like, eventually what's right from wrong. We get covered by this world and misguided, but mm-hmm. it's there. And yeah. so as long as I'm staying focused there, then I'll then anything that I do in that action, I'll know that I'm in the right path or I'm doing the right things.
3: And and yeah. you'd only recognize it if you're in a certain kind of consciousness, which is Krishna consciousness, because that provides the uh, realization of Sakshi which is eternal consciousness bliss, and that's yeah. the point of of bringing heaven on earth. Basically, it's you're you're not following your bliss; it's eternal bliss. We have that in common. It's non-different, that's what you're saying. You're, Rules are written on your heart, or in your DNA. It's the same as mine. We have that in common,
0: and it's very personal. So we find that shelter of, of guru, and we know we're situated properly. So for me, like because I have faith in my guru, I have faith in the sibling succession. Even if I have a rough day, it doesn't it doesn't bother me on a deeper level because I know that I'm situated. Um, in a in a place that's going to lead to, that pure love of God. Is going to lead to that. So it's very it's a very personal thing. Uh, like the Vedic culture means to uh, accept a spiritual master and to perform uh, sadhana, sadhana bhakti, a regulated practice of devotional service. And then, uh, so we can know for certain where we're going. Just like Gurudev always gives an example, you, you, you go on the I 10 to go to Phoenix. That's the best route to Phoenix. You hit the I 10. So the idea is that when you're on the I 10, you know you're going to Phoenix. So similarly, like the, the Vedic process is you expect you accept a guru who is a lover of God, and we know through following that guru, through just following that disciplic succession that's in line with the sastra, the scriptures, of the great saints, and everything. We know they're leading us to that destination we want, which is bliss of the soul, like you were talking about. So it's, it's a nice, it's a very nice paradigm. It's like, it's all laid out yeah, no wonder and practical. Did. Yeah, yeah. If you were to
2: ask me four years ago, to, you know what does it mean to you to follow your bliss? My idea of following my bliss would be something completely different than what it is today. So, so so it's not concrete. It's based on where my consciousness is, yeah. right yeah. and what I perceive as bliss. So it's relative true. So that's that's something that we have to understand. What a is saying is is right on. it's spot on because if we and what you're saying too it's when we understand that our nature is bliss, your your nature is bliss. Sachi ananda. Ananda means that you're eternally blissful. So we're having an identity crisis. But once we know who we are, then we can actually follow our, follow bliss. our bliss. Right. That 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 actually happens. Um, so we that realize that that
0: bliss is serving. Yeah. Which is a, a totally opposite of the material conception of your bliss, which is yeah to, to yeah. get yeah. things to satisfy. Yeah. So it, it changes, but when when we're spontaneously going through the process of, of enlightenment, at a certain point, that's going to be natural for us. Our bliss is going to be, we know that our bliss is pleasing Krishna. It's a different, it's a shift in, total shift in paradise.
1: Yeah, that's why it's like, okay, if I get confused mentally, just just feel it spiritually.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: It's the only way I know my way through it, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> take shelter. Yeah, that's that's the process. That's the way it go. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll take shelter of the Shelter Bar on Grant and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Has that been recording the whole time? Yeah. It's called
4: yeah. Shelter
0: Bar. There's a there's a yeah. bar called oh, Shelter. <laughs> <bar? laughs> <laughs> 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 so yeah. Excuse me. Okay, so who's coming on Hari Nam with us tonight? Hari tonight. Yeah, you want to come?
2: You're coming? sure. Yeah we're all okay, going good. going and you want to join us? five minutes we're leaving um, what is it uh,
0: we're, we're going we go out we chant we, we go we walk down right, like, we, fourth we, avenue we downtown it. and we just chant oh, it's going to be the sixth and... um oh, not, today. Today. Okay. not today okay so thank you no question I was,
1: I was so tired I ended up sleeping like uh, until like almost one o'clock today so I'm <laughs> yeah. still tired so, but thank you maybe, maybe next time yeah. Yeah. yeah it was good to see you yeah well, you too man just an hour
2: it's
0: not bad Krishna thank you
6: no! I got a bunch, Yeah, that was over time. Sorry really. about that. It was total, a that. lot of good Yeah. It's totally worth it. <laughs>